who were you before you were taught to be a certain way, before you were conditioned and put into a box? Who was that little boy or little girl? You'll see the thread. Once you go back and do that, you'll see the thread, how that how that's played out your whole life until today. And accepting all of that, the good and the bad, I think that's the highest form of, of self-love and acceptance. Welcome to the Rising Kings podcast, where we enable you to raise your standards, elevate your performance, and live to your highest order in business and in life. Now, if you haven't already, make sure that you hit the subscribe button so you don't miss out on any feature content. So brothers, welcome back to another episode of the Rising Kings pod. Super excited today. I've got a, a very special guest uh, to come on board here uh, by the name Ryan. 27-year-old who's out there crushing it in the you know, personal development world, but helping people uh, unlock traumas that that hold them back from uh, you know being their greatest and helping them understand more about their purpose and why they're here and what they're to do. And it, it just, you know, I, I'm super excited to be able to have this conversation. So I won't take up further time, man. I'd love to introduce you, man. Welcome to the show, Ryan. Thanks, brother. I'm super grateful to be here and uh, as we were saying before, like, yeah, really excited to just open into this and, and see where it goes. Yeah. Awesome, man. So can, can you just give the listeners just a quick, you know, 60, se- 60 second overview, like who's Ryan, man? What are you, what are you here? What are you doing? <laughs> yeah. So, uh, basically what I've created now is a, uh, is a global personal development company where I work with men mostly, but men and women all over the world really helping them awaken their their deepest potential, step into their power, heal what's keeping them from actually going out there and creating the life that they want and being the partners, being the leaders uh, for first of all themselves, but for the people around them and really, really showing up in the world. But where it first began, um, back when I dropped out of school when I was 17, as soon as I got my license, I was out of there. I started on the job side as a carpenter um, the future was to become a builder, successful builder. And, and that's, that's how I thought I was going to create, yeah, success and, and impact in my life. Cause that's what my dad did. So I just followed in his, his footsteps and, uh, you know, wanted to, and that was very, the beginning of, of me setting out to prove myself to dad and, mm. uh, you know, the father wound. And, uh, I went out there and became a carpenter and, and I was really good at using my pain as a motivator. So I got really good at it. And by the age of 21, I was managing multi-million dollar architecturally designed homes for a company. I wasn't even on the tools anymore. And uh, I was telling 50 year olds how to do their job. And it was, it was quite difficult. <laughs> <laughs> I could imagine, man. <laughs> yeah. I got a lot the of young punk, the 21 year old coming in and telling 50 year olds how to roll. <laughs> I love it. Yeah. That was interesting. Um, yeah. So then I left that when, went out and did my own thing and build a uh, successful carpentry business on my own. So I was in business quite early and uh, yeah, that, that did really well. You know, I was making pretty good money uh, some weeks up to $15,000 as a 21 year old mm-hmm. uh, in, in that industry. It was, was quite um, uh, incredible at the time. Uh, then I, I left that, you know, long story short, you know, I, I went down quite a, quite a depressive road because I was living a life that was so unaligned and incongruent with who I really am. Hmm. And uh, I went after what I actually always wanted to be doing, but told that there's no money in that thing, so you shouldn't do it. And I ignored what my heart wanted for so long. 
And I decided to actually go after that. And that was actually working with, um, with, with looking back now, it's like legit just wanting to help people. But back then it was wanting to work with, with athletes in the gym. So became a personal trainer, worked with high level athletes, uh, and business owners in the gym. That was, you know, that was my, my business for about five years. And then I transitioned into, and, you know, I knew that was a stepping stone to, to where I am today and what I'm really now starting to create in the world. Um, but I found a deep passion through my own healing journey over the last eight years in this personal development world, mm. uh, really deep, profound purpose in helping men really awaken uh, their deepest selves and stepping into their power as men, healing themselves and awakening the healthy masculine energy. And, uh, you know, that, that's, uh, that's what I do now. You know, I work with men all over the world now and I've built a, a multi six figure, um, company where, you know, uh, the, the number is a direct reflection of the impact as, as you would know. Yeah. So, um, yeah, it's, and the reason I, I share that the, the success the company's had within only, you know, not even two years is because of this is what happens when we live aligned to what we're actually supposed to be doing in life. When we're Got living aligned, things flow and it's, there's not as much, uh, it, it's not as hard as it should be. Mm. So that's, uh, in a nutshell, that's, that's, uh, that's how I've gotten to where I am today. Yeah. yeah I love it, man. What, what is the problem that we're facing as men? Like what, what is this challenge? Like why, why are we so, stubborn to just stick to the the path we think we have to in terms of like business making money work even though it's like eating at our soul um I'm, I'm just curious like through your work like for you to be able to pick that up at, at such a young age man I, th I think it's quite rare uh you know like I'm 45 at, at 21 I definitely wasn't thinking about changing the world and changing people's people's lives man I was just trying to sort my own my own life out but I'm just curious like through, through your work, like what, what do you feel as like some of the, the major challenges we as men are facing when we just can't get aligned with, you know, a higher, better purpose? Mm, yeah. You know, look, I, I believe it all starts from little boy or the, or the little girl, right? Mm. Um, for me, where that drive came, you know, why, why I was 21 years old trying to prove myself and, and create this life was me not proving to myself or the world, but proving to my dad that I was mm. worthy enough for his love. And how that looked was from the age of seven years old, I would, I had no school holidays. School holidays, I was in the truck with dad and I was working on trucks with him. He was a hydraulic hose fitter. He built, he moved here from, from Africa and built a successful, uh, company in in the hydraulic space and uh the only way i got to spend time with him was to go to work with him and from a set as a seven-year-old like uh, that's you know to get dad's approval was i have to work really really hard and yeah. i have to prove myself that way and uh i know for a lot of men that it shows up in sport as well you know the sport that they played as a kid and for me rugby rugby was my thing right i, I was playing rugby and my dream was to become a professional rugby athlete. And uh, I remember specifically there were some day, some games where if I wasn't playing good enough, dad would leave and I would see his truck driving off in the distance. Wow. 
And as a level seven year old, like that was pretty hard. That was that was pretty heavy to uh to see. Mm. And that drive that I that I had for so long was to prove to him that I was worthy enough of of his approval. And this is what most most men uh a lot of men are actually seeking in the world when they when they never actually receive it as a little boy. And until they recognize that they're not going to get that from him, if they didn't get it from him, they need to create it for themselves. Right. So my uh right of passage, right, at first for me to become a man was to prove to dad that I could do it, that I was this worthy, successful tradie, right? In in the industry, uh as a tradie, you know, because that's he was a tradie as well, that that I could do it, I could prove it to it. And and I did prove that to him, but I became extremely unfulfilled in the process. Mm-hmm. And with that level of unfulfillment. You know, I was living a life that was incongruent. I didn't I didn't actually want to be a tradie. That's not actually what my heart wanted, but we will do anything for love, to be loved yeah. and accepted. We won't be fucking anything. And that's exactly what I did. And, I, you know, I went against what my heart wanted for so long and I never actually learned how to listen to it. And when we live out of integrity with our heart, it develops quite a deep internal conflict quite a deep frustration with self and we lose a lot of self-respect. So a lot of men that feel like they they need to be more disciplined, right? And they 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 wonder why, you know, they're they're working so hard to become more disciplined. Uh, but their whole life they've actually lost self-respect and self-trust because they haven't been living in alignment with their heart. Like when we focus more on that, men I see men start to really develop more self-respect and discipline within their life. Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah. What when when you when you say aligned with the heart, like what what does what does that look like? So, you know, if we if we're thinking, you know, am I aligned with my heart and my my right intentions? How, how do we know if we're if we're actually doing that? Mm, that yeah, great great question. <laughs> <laughs> I wasn't able to listen to my heart. I didn't even know what that meant mm. until I was able to get quiet enough to actually listen. Now, what this means is for men to actually get out of the head into the body. And for the masculine, the, the masculine is very much in the head, in the doing, the thinking, analytical mind, getting shit done, to-do lists, all of these things. That's that's very masculine. Getting more into the heart was me getting more in touch with with my my emotions, my my feminine body, recognizing that as both men and women, we both have masculine and feminine energy. And it was bringing the balance of both of them in. And how I did that was getting out of my head and into my body. And there's so many different ways we can do that. But my tool that I use is breath work. Mm. But through the power of the breath, it's calming and relaxing the analytical thinking mind, slowing it down so we can get out of this survival, right? The, the brain was only created, mostly created for survival to keep us fed and alive, not happy and successful. <laughs> That's what it was designed for, right? So it's getting out of that into the body. And and once we can get into the body, we create enough stillness to be able to listen to our inner knowing. And 
most people have experienced that inner knowing at some stage in their life, whether it was uh, just like this pull or just this thought, hey, I should just go and do this thing. They go and do this thing and it just like opens up all of these doors in their life. It's like that's like listening to that inner guidance, inner knowing, being able to calm the mind that's just trying to keep you alive. And most of the time when we're living in our head, it's it's from a place of fear and survival. So the more that I've been able to get out, out of that and into my body, I actually was able to start to, to listen to what my heart wanted. And what this looked like was me working so freaking hard on the job site, trying to make ends meet each week and everything was a grind. I was living in a state of survival. Even though I was making lots of money, I was also spending lots of money because I was deeply unfulfilled. And it took for me to remove myself from my environment and what I call, you know, when you're a pickle in the pickle jar, you can't see the label. <laughs> mm. So when you get out of the jar, you can look at the jar and go, holy shit, okay. And and when we create enough stillness, we remove ourselves from our environment, we can then see what we've created. And this is what I did. So to answer your question, it's it's creating enough stillness to, to actually yeah. what's happening within the body. Love it, man. I'm, I'm glad you said that. You know, like if I, I've actually had some pretty profound uh, awakenings through through breath work. I remember like when, when I was first introduced to it, um, it, it, it tapped me into a much deeper emotional state that I could get to just, you know, through normal day-to-day life. Uh, prior to that, you know, like the, the way I would tap into my emotional self would just be to hammer myself physically, like doing, you know, 36, 48-hour challenges where you're not fed, you don't get any sleep and, you know, you do you do summons uh, some deeper inner stuff. But then I'm like, bro, as I'm getting older, I'm like, I, I don't know how many more of these things I can sustain before I just, before I break, before I can get into the emotional state. And then uh, I came across breath work and that, that was introduced to me probably, probably about three or four years ago. And I just yeah, I fell in love with it. And I think it, you're exactly right. It's we as, as men, and I, I use men because, you know, that, that, that's, that's who we work with, but just really being able to trust that intuition, I, I think is, is a big challenge because a lot of the time we can hear the intuition, uh, it can tell us the answers. There's almost like a, a part of us that knows it's the truth, but then that logical mind, like you said, just kicks in and it, it freaks us out and we get afraid and then it's, it's, it's so against what we've been doing for so long that we kind of pretend like we didn't hear it and we try and follow that, that logic path only, only to continually, I, I think, you continually just get the lesson. Like it's just going to keep tapping you on the shoulder. It'll slowly slap you across the face and then one day it'll probably punch you in the face <laughs> and, then, and then you have your epiphany. I'm, I'm curious, man, like as, as you went on this journey, how did you learn to just trust the process, man? Like trust yourself. You know, it's like I was saying there before, it, it can get very scary, especially when things aren't going to what, what we desire, which is the plan. You know, if money's not sort of happening, you know, I'm sure even starting your business, you know, in, in the coaching realm, et cetera, I'm sure there would have been like trials and tribulations that happened early on. How did you surrender to that, man? Like what... What did you do to just back yourself as you went through it? Yeah, great question. And uh, something I always come back to is environment. Mm. You know, 
the, the people that, that I surround myself with is like one of my highest priorities in life. And I'm so, so intentional about the men that I have around me. I have like an inner circle of brothers around me that we actually catch up. We have our call out to this, actually. We have a weekly Zoom. Awesome. It's like, it's legit like nights at the round table. And we equally, and, and it's having the people around you that can equally support and challenge you. People who are living the life that you actually want to live, who have been there, who have done the things, who equally want to support and challenge you, right? So being around these kinds of people has been a catalyst to, to my growth. And I can 100% guarantee and say that if I didn't have the people that I have around me and have had around me in my journey, on my journey, I wouldn't be where I, I am today. I, I probably wouldn't have made it this far. I, I would have made it somewhere, but probably not, not where I am today. Mm. That's, um, that's been massive. But the, the biggest shift things really happened within the last year especially was really awakening a really deep level of self-trust and inner knowing that i know that whatever environment you put me in i know that i'll figure it out i'll make it happen and having that level of self-belief and self-trust that you can make it work for me personally has only been able to come from me going back and healing the little five-year-old boy who didn't think he was good enough uh, to be loved or worthy, worthy enough to be loved. And that shows up in, in business and career, especially relationships. That's awesome. Hey, brother. I hope you're enjoying the show. If, like me, you find these podcasts interesting, relevant, fun, and somehow Ben is in your head understanding what you're going through in life, do us a favor, hit the subscribe button, or go over to iTunes and leave us a review. I hope you enjoyed the show. Now back to it. Talk, talk me, talk me through that. Like I've done a little bit of um, inner child healing before, not, not obviously not super deep, and I do believe it. It gave me some pretty big shifts in my world. You know, it, it's we're, you know similar upbringings. You know, like a lot of pressure on me, or you know whether whether my father had that on me or not. Like it, that that was the perception I had. You know, like to to be the best, you know, to get the ducks of the trial, you know, the HSC to, you know, go to uni, graduate with, with honors and all this sort of stuff to, to, to prove that I was worthy. Uh, and it took quite a bit of work to make amends with my father, to, uh, empathize and understand where he was coming from. And that while it, I may not have seen it as love, it was, it was his level of love that he, he could give to me at that time. And when I made that shift, man, like my relationship with my father just skyrocketed. You know, it was just, I, I just love unconditionally towards him. What, what I'd love to understand, man, is this childhood um, traumas that a lot of us, and myself included here, are still hanging on to. How does it show up? Like, how, how do we know that we've got past traumas that are slowing us down or hindering us from being able to evolve into our highest, best self? Yeah. Uh, there's a lot of different ways we could go with this, like hundreds of different ways. <laughs> but, uh, I think one of the greatest thing or ways to open into this, especially for men, is I would say, I'm not sure about you, I know you work with a lot of men, I'm not sure about you, but I would say... 95% of the men that I've worked with have come to me after a relationship breakdown mm. or going through relationship struggles or problems. 
And I, I like to say like life, life is not a window, but a mirror. It is always reflecting back to us what's happening within. Now, recognizing that a little fight, let's, let, I'm just going to use five for the sake of it. Um, could have happened earlier, could have happened a little bit later. But when the little five-year-old boy didn't receive the love that he needed, and knowing back then as, as children, we're very egocentric and we need to be. The, the world revolves around us for our survival, right? We, we have to have our needs met, otherwise we die. We need people to look after us, otherwise we die. So we've, we're actually uh, evolved to be very, uh, it's a narcissistic trait. The world revolves around me as a child. And when a little five-year-old boy doesn't receive that love that he needs, or he's perceived that he's too much, for example, that this was me, you know, I was so expressive that it was like, like, just be quiet. Like, you know, you're too much. Like, mm. I really embodied that. So I started playing small. I started really holding my true expression back and shaping myself to be a certain way. So when a little five-year-old boy doesn't receive the love and nurturing that he needs consistently, he makes things mean things about him. We're just meaning-making machines from the youngest age. Well, obviously, if I'm not receiving this, and this means that I'm not good enough to be loved, therefore... And, and as I shared before, we will do anything and become anyone to be loved. So as a little five-year-old, you then start shape-shifting yourself and becoming whoever you need to be in order to be loved and accepted and approved. This is why I didn't have school holidays. I then went and worked every single week, every every a lot of weekends, but all, all my school holidays. Just to get the approval of your father, yeah, like for your father to say, "Good job, son." You know, thanks for helping. Yeah, just to just to be around him. But, but mm. the very, the thing is with that as well is he had such high standards for me because he wanted the best for me. That mm. he had such a high standard that I could never meet those standards, and I made that mean that I'm, no matter how hard I try, like I, I'm ne never good enough. It's it's never yeah, it's never enough. No matter how hard I try. So what I would do was, and this came up a few years ago when I recognized my relationship with challenge, I would either not even bother because I'm like, oh, fuck it. You know, there's no point in trying because, or I would try really, really, really hard and just fall short hmm. and it proves to myself, right? So when we're this little five-year-old boy and this happens, we make some key decisions and core beliefs about ourselves. And... What then begins to happen is we make these these uh, decisions, and then when we look at the uh, at the spectrum of of trauma, when a this is what we call develop develop de, 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 I can't say the word <laughs> de, uh, I can't even say the word uh, develop developmental developmental <laughs> developmental <laughs> trauma. There we go. Mm. Wow, mm. there's a tongue twister. Um, we develop this. Right. As, as a, as a little boy and, uh, how this plays out is re not receiving this love and this, this inconsistent nurturing, uh, it's traumatizing. It's like, th this is what's going on. It's confusing. And 
from the youngest age, little boy steps away from who he truly is and becomes someone who he's not. The highest form of disrespecting yourself is stepping away from who you actually are to become someone who you're not. And then what happens with the egoic mind is we will then go throughout our life and find evidence to prove and reaffirm back to us what we believe to be true about ourselves because we'll do everything in our power to stay in alignment with our identity and how we actually see ourselves. So then we go through life and we have this whole life's worth of evidence to prove to us all of these beliefs that we created about ourselves, all of these core decisions that we made as a little five-year-old, along with the unexpressed and unfelt emotions and sadness and grief that comes with that. And we carry that through our entire life that then shapes us into who we are today. And living from our current state, living in your current circumstances, making decisions from who you are, is then repeating the past. So the future is going to look very much the same as the past. Mm. And just keep repeating the same shit over and over and over. Keep repeating the same patterns in relationships and wondering why nothing's changing. Got it. So... When, when you say it plays out in relationships uh, with the men that you work with, we're we talking like in marriage, like arguments, disconnect, can't, um, you know, can't open up, not showing emotion. What, what are some of the, I guess, um, things that we should be looking out for if there's listeners right now that might be, you know, challenged in their relationships? Uh, maybe it's with their kids, maybe it's uh, with, with their chosen one or their partner, et cetera. Like what... What are some uh, sort, of, sort of the symptoms that, that show up when we have this trauma that's, that's sitting inside? Yeah. One of the biggest, and I'll, I'll speak to one of the probably the most common ones, is, uh, is the, uh, the abandonment wound. Hmm. And this very much comes from the mother. It's a mother wound, the abandonment wound. When a, when a little boy doesn't receive that consistent love and nurturing from his mother, he then deems himself unworthy for love and how this shows up in relationships is he might say things like no matter how hard i try i just can't keep her happy no matter how hard i try mm. she's just yeah the happy wife the, the, this is the the nice guy right the the mentality of the nice guy that allows people to just walk over him who will drop anything at any time for anyone at the expense of himself who lacks true self-respect for himself. This is, uh, this is the man who feels like he needs to become this person that people think they want him to be, right? This is the person who feels like he needs to become this because he doesn't, from the youngest age, from a little five-year-old, who I am is not good enough to be loved, so I must become someone else. And how that shows up in relationships is, uh, is very much men feeling this need to become someone else, stepping away from who they truly are, self-abandoning what they actually need, not feeling that who they actually are, their full expression of, of their deepest selves is just good enough to be loved just mm. as it is. And uh, this causes all sorts of problems around women not feeling that the true leadership because this man struggles to really stand for something he 
uh, he doesn't feel worthy enough of really living from his deepest truth, which is his, so living from his heart in the potential of love abandoning him. Got it. So is that is that you know I've I've dealt with this not not in my own relationships, but uh, men that I've worked with in the past, like this notion of like high levels of resentment. Like exactly what you said there before. It doesn't matter how much I do in my relationship, you know, she never sees me, she never appreciates me, all those sorts of things. And then they kind of go into a, a bit of a shell. And what I mean by that is, you know, they, like you said, don't stand up for themselves. They don't hold themselves grounded. Uh, they do everything they can to try and keep it calm and not argue and not fight and not have any um, confrontation on the family front, on the home front. But then it just it just builds up, builds up, builds up, turns into you know like gambling addictions, alcohol addictions, porn addictions, and eventually it does just create a separation. Whereas the wife, the feminine, has just wanted a man to just step up, acknowledge, take ownership, and just be like you said, man, just just be his true, authentic self. Which, when you're your true, authentic self, I do believe it comes with love. Like it it, it comes with love. It's not the egotistical self that's like, oh, I'm going to push the wife and the kids to the side so I can follow my dreams. Like it's, it's always, you know, standing strong, standing powerful to support the wife and the family unit. Do you find that that's kind of like a, a, a very common si symptom, like this, this notion of resentment? Yeah, absolutely. Like the energy has got to go somewhere and it's, think of it like a damn wall, like building up over time. And what will happen is, uh, and this is the this is the scary truth about what happens when a man is scared to be alone, right? Is that he will he first of all will get into a relationship based on uh, a fear of loneliness than actually being in love, right? So he he will be in a relationship based on this person's not going to abandon me, mm. not based on I love this person unconditionally just for who they are knowing that they can go and do and be whoever they want and it doesn't affect how I feel about myself. Because what happens is when we fear being alone, we fear this abandonment. And for example, like a little five-year-old that doesn't get that loving nurturing that he needs, he's abandoned by love. That That's a form of emotional abandonment over time. So a man then seeks that in relationship. He seeks uh, love in a relationship and then he attaches himself and when you're attached to something, you are fearful of it changing in any sort of sort of way. You're fearful of that attachment leaving you because your so, your self worth is so tied to that attachment. And whatever that attachment does, it then affects how you feel about yourself. And by this happening, men would rather step back, become reserved, keep the wife happy they'd actually stand for their fucking truth in potential for her leaving. Yeah. Because if she leaves and they have to face the very thing that they're most fearful of, which is the fear of being abandoned. But here's the thing. Over time, they are pushing their partner away by not being who they truly are. And they actually create the very thing that they're most fearful of. And it's like a, it's, it's quite ironic because mm -hmm. then that leaves them and then they're faced with the very thing. So this is like you either go back and feel the trauma that's there or 
you wait for it to show up and then feel it when you're faced and you and you you, ha you have no other option but to feel it and this is the uh this is the power of going back in and, and what we're speaking about here is the is the mother wound for example the man that that you just suggested then around you know feeling this resentment towards his partner and either either becoming really passive aggressive really needy or just fully becoming numb yeah from his emotions stepping back and just becoming this really nice guy that's just walked over it's going back and healing his relationship with his mother hmm. can you do that even if they've passed like this is stuff that you can do without having the mother or the father around right like this is this is internal personal work that you can do yeah absolutely there's there's definitely ways completing relationships without having to to speak with the person um the most important thing here is, and the process I take my clients through is, is actually going back in time to the little five-year-old, putting themselves in the shoes of what that little boy was experiencing at the time. Like what was actually playing out for him? What was happening in his in his family dynamic? How were his parents uh, relating with each other? You know, what were they going through in the time? What did he see? What are the beliefs that he created back then? Like looking at who you are now, going back then and seeing, you go, wow, you see it from a whole different perspective. Yeah. Yeah, it's powerful. And the thing is, right, it, it, there's not this, it's not like a, there's no separation between the little five-year-old boy and who you are today. Because when we go back and connect to that little five-year-old, you're connecting with the deepest part of yourself that you haven't yet acknowledged. You're not actually going back in in time, traveling back in time, and connecting with a five year old. You might be if if uh, if you're quite spiritual and you know you're on that on that plane. But you're not actually physically going back there and connecting with him. You're actually just connecting with yourself today in this moment. The parts of you you're connecting with the parts of you that you have not yet recognized or loved within yourself. And most people have a little little boy or a little girl within them that they have not yet recognized that they've shoved in the closet and locked the door. And that little inner child is just kicking and screaming, just wanting to be heard, seen, understood, and validated, appreciated, approved. And then how people seek that, instead of finding it within themselves and loving those parts within themselves, they seek it from their external world. And this is where you then need those things from your partner or from the, the people around you. Got it. What um, what are your thoughts around you know guys who understand this, like maybe find themselves being you know Mister Nice Guy at home and you know happy wife, happy life, trying to to do that, feeling built up resentment, but then afraid to really step into their own masculinity because you know like obviously there's you know we're in a very different world now than what we were ten years ago, twenty years ago, fifty years ago, eighty years ago, especially for men like. And around this notion of masculinity, um, how do how do men navigate this without coming across as egotistical? You know, are you just becoming a you know, disconnected man? You're not you're not really showing up for your wife and family if you put yourself first. How how have you helped men kind of navigate that space? Because I I do believe a lot of men do become afraid to step into their highest power 
for fear of, I, I love what you're saying. Like I do believe that there's fear of abandonment, i.e., well, my wife's going to leave me. But if you stay in the current state, she's going to regardless. But also too, like fear of like, I'm, I'm nervous of what this masculine energy is going to bring up because we, we do tend to wrap it in a lens of, you know, alpha male, red pill, angry, frustrated uh, type of man. Do you have any advice for guys who want to take this transition, want to, you know, understand that, you know, if they stay doing what they're doing, it's, it's not going to end well and it doesn't feel good. How do they kind of move into this more grounded, wholesome, loving man who can stand up for himself, who can hold standards, who can hold, you know, a level of, uh, I guess, strength in his relationships at home? Yeah, incredible question. And it's, first of all, it's, uh, it's selfish by not becoming that because being the man, people are actually relying on you for them to actually depend on you. And here's the thing. Most men are not in that energy, in that frame of their own energy. Therefore, they can't even depend on themselves, let alone other people depending on them because they're actually depending on other people. <laughs> potentially their partner, right? This was me for a long time. I used to find women, successful women to lean on and depend on them because I couldn't actually depend on myself. I couldn't trust myself to go out there and and, and create that, that emotional pillar within myself. So I found women out there that could reflect that back to me and also play the role of my mother <laughs> hmm. as the emotional support that I never received. So as soon as I went back there and connected with that and, and cultivated that within myself, I uh, <clears throat> and and I'll tie this all together, but going back to the little five-year-old boy, stepping away from that, connecting with him, recognizing that there's no separation, realizing that connecting with this little five-year-old that I neglected for most of my life cultivated a deep level of self-trust within me because I actually went back, I did a visualization and this is some, some of the work that I, I do. We go back and we visualize actually speaking to this little boy, this little girl. And I asked him, I was like, you know, what do you need right now for su support? How, how are you feeling? How can I support you? And he said to me, I don't trust you. I don't trust that you'll be there. Mm. And that was me speaking to me today. So recognizing that, I was like, wow, okay. The self-trust that I lack is actually my little five-year-old boy who doesn't trust me to hold him, which is me holding me. So a lot of the work I do is, is really cultivating that pillar of emotional support within yourself and having the right people around you, but most of all being that within yourself. Um, and when men cultivate that frame of energy and they start connecting with their own heart, uh, first of all, it's getting rid of the, the, the stigma and the belief of what it what most men have have or believe that it is to be a man, mm. your true expression of your masculine energy is out of your head and connecting with your heart and living in alignment with it and living within integrity of your heart and being able to listen to those that inner knowing that you have within and build your life around that. that that's what I've done the last five years has been me building my life around just my my inner knowing, my my integrity with my heart, and uh, 
I feel that the more a man just just steps into that, goes back, heals the little boy, as the quote goes, heals the heal the boy, and the man appears. Yeah. More we go back and heal the boy, the man just starts automatically appearing. So it's not so much just trying to be at this 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 man that uh it's like, oh, I'm gonna be more masculine, I'm gonna be my masculine energy. No, just heal the things that are stopping you from being the fucking man that you're born to be. Mm. And is that around self, like self-acceptance, self-love? Do you feel it's it's tapping into that level? Like when a man learns to accept and love himself, like all the all the good traits, or you know, if you want to call them bad traits, all the things that you know, maybe he's been afraid of. But when he's accepting of that and loving of that, then he does start to, I guess, reconnect with that that inner child to go like, there's there's nothing wrong with you, man. Like you, you are worthy. You, you are a good man. Like all, all the things that you've been doing is great. It's instead of the resistance and the anger and the frustration, it's all sitting there. Once, once you're willing to be open enough to accept and love oneself. It's the highest form of, of self-love and acceptance is actually accepting yourself. And uh, if you think of it this way, like, it's going back and accepting the person that you decided to be as well. And everything that's played out based on you doing the best with what you knew at the time. And then your life actually being based off that, actually, um, like moving forward. But if you think of it like this, I read something the other day where it takes 400,000 ancestors for you to be here today. For you to be born. So in your, in, your, in your lineage, in your family lineage, it takes 400,000 people for you to be here. And the fact that you were born, one, one in 400 trillion chance of you being born and that you're here says that you're enough. You're, you're <laughs> yes, that's what it is. So a little five-year-old is more than worthy. And and they are You're like you look at a kid they they are they are fully out there they're an expression of they will do they will say whatever they want right and who were you before you were taught to be a certain way before you were conditioned and put into a box who was that little boy or little girl going back and connecting with that and then accepting who you decided to be and 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 really gaining a a, a better wider perspective as to what was going on and, and why you decided to be that way right and then seeing you'll see the thread once you go back and do that you'll see the thread how that how that's played out your whole life until today and accepting all of that the good and the bad that's that's i think that's the highest form of, of self-love and acceptance yeah i love that man because it's such such important work like when i <clears throat> when i think about you know where i'm at in my life. Now, I'm not as blessed as you to be 27 with a beautiful beard and all the good looks, man. I'm 45 with, with two kids. But one of the, the biggest things that I think is so important for men to do and why they should be doing this work is not to pass this intergenerational trauma on. Because if I hadn't dealt with and if I don't continue to deal with my inner work, the stuff that needs to happen, I, I'm just going to pass that on to my son and my daughter. And then they'll be having this conversation in 20 years' time. 
feeling the same way, feeling all the pain, all the trauma, you know, my father didn't this, my father didn't love me here, you know, like da 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 And so it's, it's just it, what I'm getting at here, man, is like the, the, the work you're doing is just so important and I think more men need to tap in it, not just, not just for themselves but especially as fathers. I think we take on a role as a father when, when we choose to have children that, you know, the, the, the mother gets a, a lot of um, support and information and education on how to carry a child, what to eat, what not to eat, you know, how to calm birth, all that sort of stuff. Whereas, you know, the man kind of sits on the sideline just like, oh, man, I'm, about, I'm just going to be a dad. And I see, I see so many fathers that are, do, are doing the best they can with what they have, but they, they, they're not aware and awakened to this level. And I can just see this cycle just continually happening and going around and around and around. And as, as we head into more challenging environments and territory with, you know, everything on demand and, and videos and screens and all that sort of stuff, man, like I can't think of a more prevalent and important time for men to to start this start this journey. With that being said, man, like what, what's what is the starting point for men? Like, there's a guy out there who's listening to this right now. You know, life's pretty good. You know, he might yell at the kids occasionally. He's probably a little bit disconnected with his with his wife, but it's like, ah, oh, it's just it's just middle aged man. Like that's just how it is. What, what's what's your advice to them, man? Like, what's what's a, what's a starting step? How can how can a man just start the process of tuning in and tapping into himself to start thinking beyond and bigger than getting up, and going to work tomorrow, and just dealing with the responsibilities of life? To going, hey, man, you like you're playing a very important role here in this world. What's yeah? What's what's your advice, man? What's what's the first starting point? Mm. Yeah, this is this is so important because you know so many so many people really are living a seven out of ten life, very mediocre life, and it's very easy to to have that in Australia. Like the you know the middle class here in Australia, like you you can you can live a pretty pretty comfortable life, mm. and uh, and with that, it's very easy to distract yourself from feeling your deepest emotions, your deepest pain and how men can really shift this is, uh, first of all, you know, someone that's like listening to this and, and they're in that stage you're like, yeah, like, you know, things are, things are good. Um, you know, could be a little bit better, but yeah, you know, we're getting through, take a really good, hard, honest look at yourself by creating a vision getting really, really clear on if if you were to be or become or do anything, like what 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 would you create? What do you want to actually leave behind for your family? Do you want your family to work for the rest of their life? Do you want them to not have time with mom and dad? Do you want them to, to not be able to experience traveling the world together as a family or having a big, beautiful home where, you know, they have, they have space to be and explore and Right, get like get really, really clear on 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 what it is that you want and what it is that you like the legacy that you're leaving behind for your family, mm. and you'll you'll be leaving behind something, and a lot of them are leaving behind yeah undealt with trauma. Right, mm. I, I tell you right now, when you say the generational, I I know for a fact that I am the break in generational trauma in the the lineage of of trauma in my family. Uh, 
my uh my recent my 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 last separation that I went through played out exactly how my parents separated and I was faced with all of the pain all of the struggles that my dad experienced and that he experienced in all of his previous relationships as well right that anxiousness that fear of of abandonment was passed down from him to me based on how he showed up for me as a dad mm. and uh yeah i i the next thing is is getting around getting around different kinds of of men getting around men who actually inspire you and just starting to spend some more time with them or going to events or you know listening to more stuff like this and starting to if someone's listening to this, I I can almost guarantee you they don't just want a seven out of ten life. They want yeah. to better them. Yeah. And if you're listening to this and you're wanting to better yourself, it's uh, be real and honest with yourself. Things aren't as good as you as as you say they are. Mm. I'm so glad you said that, man. Because you know the 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 pod listeners you know, hear me banging on about it all the time, bro. They're like it's 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 inner work, man. Like you can chase the external highs, and there's nothing wrong with that, but it's, it's not going to bring you the, the nine out of 10 feelings and desires. It's not going to make you a better father. It's not going to make you, it's not going to fix your marriage at the end of the day. It's not going to make you feel more joyous and happy. Like you, you have to go into this deeper realm, like you're talking about here and investigating oneself and getting to understand oneself and acknowledging that there are past traumas, that there were things that didn't happen for you as a kid. And it's, it's on you now, you know, like you, you can't just hope and pray that it'll just disappear one day or get hidden after enough beers or gambling that it disappears, man. Like it, it follows you around like a shadow. Brother, how can, how can people get in touch with you, man? Like I've, I've thoroughly enjoyed this conversation, man. I really appreciate you jumping on here and sharing your amazing insights. Love what you're doing, man. At 27 years old, I, I think it's phenomenal. You know, like I'm always inspired by a younger generation that are coming through, that are digging into this type of work that a lot of us are really just sort of finding out about in our 40s, <laughs> which is a little bit harder, man. We just carry a few more wrinkles and a little bit more baggage. How can people connect with you, man? Yeah. Um, Instagram, Facebook is where I'm most present. I post a lot of content every single day, so heaps of value. Uh, so at Ryan Morsby White, sure to be in the in the show notes. You'll show them that, yeah. Show notes below. But um, yeah, I wanted to also honor that as well, the fact that because uh, I I understand your your generation like you're you're almost um you know like my, my dad's you know fifty five yeah yeah and for you to to be doing what you're doing now and and uh, the level of I, I feel it would have been a lot harder for you to get into the work than it was for me and and the generation coming coming through so um, yeah that's that's a huge testament to you as well thanks brother appreciate it man. Well, man, really, really appreciate your time. Good to connect. Thanks for jumping on the pod today, man. Keep up the awesome work. Keep inspiring, changing lives, man. And look forward to connecting down the track, brother. Thanks, bro. Appreciate it. Stay strong. See you next week.